I would rather spend time with a Ku Klux Klan Grandmaster Dragon Wizard or whatever they are than my own wife. I Whoa! All right, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to break that one down because that's well, that's an that's an intense statement, my friend. And you just and it's recorded now, so here's the, world the thing. Gets to hear it. I'm Don Hall, and I'm David Himmel, and this is the Literate Apecast. Apecast is not responsible for triggering your PTSD because we are warning you right now that we might. If coarse language or base stupidity from two white guys is not your jam, look elsewhere for your workout podcast. So I realized that I think my least favorite kind of person in the world is a woke white woman. <laughs> which is to say I would rather spend time with a Ku Klux Klan Grandmaster Dragon Wizard or whatever they are than my own wife. I Whoa, all right, you're going to have to you're going to have to break that one down cuz that's well, that's an that's an intense statement, my friend, and you just and it's recorded now, so here's the, world the thing. Gets to hear it. I think the, the woke there's nothing wrong with the woke. Well, let me phrase that. No, there's plenty there's, wrong yes, with the fucking me, I stop myself. There, uh, I'm liberal. I'm not conservative, right? Let's not confuse these two things. Um, oh, it will be confused. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah. But I feel like the a clan member, the grand, what are they? The grand dragon? Is that what like the it's leader grand, of the clan is? Whatever. It, the, yeah, the grand dragon. So okay. I don't know. So grand, I'm, not that, I'm not that invested yeah, in the KKK I, <laughs> lore. So it's a so dragon the, of some kind. The Grand Dragon and I have a very simple relationship. He doesn't like me because my mother's Jewish, because I look like a Jew, because of Jew, 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 whatever, right? It's very simple. Very, very simple. I could probably go and have lunch with him. We could have a really straightforward, honest, uh, just basics, yeah, simple conversation about why he doesn't like my, my Jew face and my, how my Jewishness is destroying the world. Boom. Done. And I don't like him because he's a racist, xenophobic, anti-Semitic, sexist piece of shit. Right? Very simple exchange. You there. threw the sexist part in. Nothing. Nothing that you described about why he doesn't like you had anything to do with sex or sex. No, but why I don't like gender. him. No, true. But why I don't like him? I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's a level of sexism with a so, grand okay, dragon. Okay, so but, and I think that's a poor assumption is to assume okay. that because somebody that's is fair. a racist that they are also sexist. Totally fair. I don't fair. think that's right. necessarily the case. You're right. It, it, it doesn't preclude it. I mean, I think probably yeah. the vast majority of people who are horribly racist are probably horribly sexist too. But I don't think they go hand in hand. I think they're two right. completely separate things. That's fair. Anyway, that's go fair. ahead. So. Now, if I go and sit down and have lunch with a woke with white wife. woman. With your wife. Sure. Uh, since I said it, yeah. Yeah, you put it out there. The things that she doesn't like about me <laughs> are not so simple. It's very complicated. We could talk about, uh, pick a subject, just pick anything about me. We could talk about my the, the time I went to summer camp, the summer of 1991, and that would sure. become... It seems like a really simple, straightforward thing. I was 12 years old. I was in Cherokee Cabin. And somehow that will get twisted into something about privilege. And uh, and then that one time I said this thing that didn't quite land at this one dinner party. And then, and why does she like me anyway? But I've not changed at all since marriage. And she knew who I was and she had, was able to Google me. And it's so complicated. And if we even move away from my wife and I at lunch... And move away from me having lunch with the Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. A much more enjoyable lunch sometimes, I would think. Uh, At least more entertaining. Yes. I mean, that's a character study in, in hilarity well, of stupidity. Let, let, me, let me just, I mean, just pause. Because I would say that the, 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 the dragon guy doesn't know you personally. Right. Which, makes, which makes the conversation of why he doesn't like you easier to dismiss. Yes. Because... All he doesn't like about you is you're a Jew. My nose. Yeah, you're a Jew and you write and you know words. You right. know, <laughs> they, you know, this kind of thing. That's why he yeah. doesn't like you. And right. that is really easy as somebody that you can just dismiss. Your wife, on the other hand, 
knows you intimately. So of course the conversation of what isn't working or what she does, you know, what she wants to change, that's going to be more complicated. So I think that that has less to do with the, the dragon dude being a racist piece of shit and your wife being woke uh, than it does to have to, that she knows. So let's, but let's I talk think about just like a woke white woman. But I think like a the woke one. white woman in general, I think that they're the, the loudest and often they know the most with absolute certainty and they will know you personally or they think they do because they have intuition and they understand. So even though they don't, even though they don't, and I've heard in the last... What is today? It's the 12th. It's, it, it, we're, we're, we're within the first two weeks of 2020. And mm-hmm. I have heard quite a few on Facebook, in podcasts, uh, quite a few woke white women say that 2020 is such an awful year already. And here's what I want to happen. I want certainty to die this year. I want... Like, how can you be so sure that 2020 is a terrible year? Two weeks... We're talking about 52 weeks. We, we've got 50 more to go. You don't think that we can course correct? And what is so bad? This absolution, this certainty, it's fucking exhausting. Wow. Okay, David, you're not going to like this. Uh, I don't like anything right now. Well, you're not going to like this because this is complicating your perspective. And I understand your perspective. However, what I'm going to say is what you just said that you're tired of is let's we're not going to say white woke women. We're just going to say subject A. You are upset as subject B. You're subject B. Subject for, for A. For beta. For beta. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Subject uh. B. You. Subject B is tired of subject A being absolutely certain, constantly trying to course correct you, constantly explaining to you what is wrong with you because they know everything about you. They can tell you. They can explain to you all of the things you do. Really, what you are saying is. You don't like being, you don't like being the woman in society and having someone dominate the conversation and tell you what you spo- you're supposed to think, which is what men have been doing and still do for fucking centuries. So what your frustration is, is not that you don't like woke white women. You don't like woke white women in the same way that women, before they were woke, didn't like fucking mansplaining assholes like you and me. That is a brilliant way of looking at it, and I 100% agree with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. therefore, my, my point still stands. Stop telling people what they feel, what you think they feel. Stop being so goddamn sure all the time. Shut the fuck up. Share the room. You don't know me. Excuse me. I'm going to have lunch with the Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan because I need a fucking break. Well, what I would say, so so what you're frustrated is, and again, it's the double standard. It's sort yeah, of like yes. the, uh, like, you know, it's the concept of equity. It's like, okay, so the question becomes, can Harvey Weinstein mm-hmm. basically say, I'm sorry, I raped people. <laughs> God damn it. I really yeah. feel bad about it. Can we just let it go? Do I really have to suffer? Or can we just let it go and I just promise I won't rape anybody? As a white man, what you're saying, and I, I hear you, what you're saying is, yes, men have dominated for centuries, you know, and 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 specifically Republican men in this country right now are really pressing hard to take away rights for women. Yeah. And hey, you know what? Can we just okay, I get it. I've had like I've had like a week of being on the shit end of that stick. And okay, I don't like this week. Could we just like forget that I was ever mansplainy or that I told you how you were supposed to feel or that I marginalized you? Can we just like, I, I've had a week of it. I've had enough. Please, no more. So can you just give me a break? Because it's not going to work that way. Because the fact is, women have been, and this is what I think is fascinating, women and anybody that's not a white male with money, let's put it that way, Yeah, have been in, in, in various degrees of subjugation to this sort of overbearing maleness yeah. for so long yeah. that, you know, and then, you know, you can argue that, yeah, okay, so how old's Katie? 33. 
She's yeah, as old she as has, Jesus was. There you go. She's 33. She hasn't really been through the fucking ringer. She wasn't a suffragette and had to, you know, she wasn't, you know, had her feet fucking pinned so they wouldn't grow big enough and she couldn't walk. I mean, she hasn't really suffered as a woman. However, this is that's the whole point of the woke is that they've had enough. Yeah, and I and get so, that. I understand so, that. And th- so guess what? Yeah, enough is enough. It's, I- it's going to take more than a week of Katie telling you what you're supposed to feel, over-talking you, disagreeing with every perspective you have, and bringing up all the shit you did in the past that exemplifies what she finds erroneous about the world. It's good. You're going to have to live through a bit more than a week. I would argue, historically, you probably should have to deal with it the rest of your life and your son should have to deal with it until we've kind of course corrected as a society. And so what you're doing is you're just frustrated. You're just frustrated like any other woman in the 1950s who is like, that's what in the 1950s, the stereotype is, is, is Katie comes home and says, you know, David, could you dress a little nicer? And where's my dinner tape? Where's my dinner on the table? Mm-hmm. And this is what we have to look like. And I'm going to tell you what you're supposed to think. And I'm going to tell you what who you're going to vote for. And yeah. you go, you go, because it's just more trouble than it's worth to argue. You go, all right. And then secretly, you drink yourself into a stupor. Pills, and pills, a, pills. And get, a, and get a fetish because you have to clean your house and you don't know how to clean it enough. So you start licking the baseboards <laughs> to clean them off. In the, in, in, you know, so you lose your mind. That's kind of, that's, that's yeah. kind of where. So yeah. ultimately, you either have to take it like a man. Yes, I am. I okay. You have to take it like a man. Understand it. It might be frustrating, but it is no less or more frustrating than it has been to be your wife before she became woke. Here's here's so the, give her give her let her do, you gotta just back off. Here's the problem with with that is I am sack up. <laughs> well, I am I am all for that is not equity. Okay, I'm all for equity. That is not equity. If if we go back to the Harvey Weinstein analogy, sure. Harvey Weinstein saying, I'm sorry, can we just forget it? Like, no, you committed crimes. You, you need to answer for that. Bill Cosby need to answer for that. You know, that's, that's fine. Um, what, what you're saying, like, okay, women and, and those marginalized by white men traditionally in the United States and the world, I guess. Um, yeah, I think the whole world. I, I, for mean, them, I would argue that Americans have it a lot less uh, egregious than if you, you know, say, lived in Saudi Arabia. Right. But, you know, I mean, get some perspective, but okay, it's yeah. still a pain in the ass. But for pain them, in the ass, pain in the ass. So it's time for white men to back the fuck off. We 100%, we know that, it's clear, let's make some room. Yeah, absolutely. That would create equity. By the women who were, or women in general, um, to solve or correct for Harvey Weinstein would then, hang on, let me back up. For the woke white women to dump on me as a white male and tell me what I'm supposed uh-huh. to think and et cetera, uh-huh. that would be like the women to go out and start raping and abusing men the way that Harvey yeah. Weinstein abused them. That's not right. Well, okay. So it's it not doesn't right. make it right. That's not how okay. we get equity. That's just shifting power. And the power well, is the well, problem. That's, this is this, this, and, and Dan and I had this conversation. It was weird. And I was talking with some other people about this. Is that this is the thing. I'm of the perspective, man, I am fine with women and blacks and Mexicans and gay and trans, I'm glad for them to take charge. I really am. I am too. You know why? But this is the thing. And this is what I think is funny. And I find it very funny. I mean, the truth, it's one of those things where it's like, let's just look, let's look past sort of the rhetoric. The fact is it's not so much their, I mean, it is their turn to kind of be in charge of society. It is also their turn to fuck it up just as badly as we have. And they will absolutely fuck it up just as badly as we have because they're human beings and they are just as greedy and just as selfish and just as egocentric and just as deceptive as men are, but they haven't had the chance to say, guess what? I'm a piece of shit and I'm in charge. And we have to, it, ultimately, my perspective is, I don't know if we, because I don't speak for men, yeah. but from my perspective, is like, I'm happy to let women and blacks be in charge and completely fuck it up just as bad as we have. Because you know what? 
I don't think they can fuck it up worse. The issue I have is the is the know it allness, the absolute certainty. Whether that's the white male, whether that's the the woke female, whether that's the the yeah. the, the, the the black person. I don't I don't give a shit if if they're a trans, uh, Asian, half black, three quarters Jewish. I don't give a shit. So David, your absolution, your you know it all, your certainty. Most, you haven't spent most of your life being a know it all. No. Oh bullshit. You're a white man. I guarantee. Not only are you a white man, you come from wealth. I don't your family's come from rich. I, we no, weren't you poor. Dude, we were not poor. Dude, your dad has a boat. Okay, I got yeah, no. Yeah, but boat. he has. But he has mortgages on. Th- I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Come on. You guys. You, you come from some money. You know you do. But don't deny right, it. But don't be embarrassed not, by it. I'm not a Kennedy. I'm, just saying, I'm not a Trump. No, I'm not. You're not a, you're, I'm not a Pritzker. Okay. Like, I didn't let's, say you were. You know. But we were what upper. I'm we is, were upper middle class. Upper. Okay. With like a big, like a capital U upper middle class. But anyway, uh, ish. They fucking made their money in fur. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ! You might as well have said, "Yeah, my family sold diamonds and gold. It's fur. You had money. <laughs> don't, don't, don't pretend like it's not that." But what I'm saying is, you can't tell me. That you have not, because I've watched you do it. I know I do it. I'm not. I'm not throwing stones at you that I do not throw right back at myself. It just hurts more because I'm throwing them at a distance, and me, I just throw them at your chest and it just bounces off. Anyway, yeah. To say that you have not been a know-it-all little prick most of your life is a lie, and you know it. You're a white dude with wealth in America. You have always been a know-it-all little prick because we all are know-it-all little pricks. But I have always gone and found people that are not like me, and I've sought out stories before it was cool to find stories and listen to other people's stories. Before that, like as a fucking kid, I wanted the weird people. I wanted people that were nothing like me. I wanted to know their stories. I wanted to hear their experiences. I wanted to learn all about shit that had nothing to do with my world. So I could learn and understand the greater world. So if I had knowledge, I didn't know it all, but if I had knowledge, it was because I investigated and I asked questions and I listened. And And, then I ran my mouth off. Then I fucking ran. And and then I turned it on. And my question is, with all of this wonderful, I mean, really, David, pat yourself hard on the back. I will. With With all this wonderful exploration of the different and the weird. Yeah. How many of them were women? Because I'm going to tell you, I've heard your stories about your dating life and all the women you fucked and the fat girls and the crazy girls. I've heard your stories. And I'm saying that in your exploration of the stories of the different, of the weird, so that you could learn about life, I would guess that the percentage of women that you were listening to and trying to get their stories was pretty small in comparison. Would you agree with that? Because you, because you're, they're all. Fu- Every time you talk about a woman that you've dated, they're fucking crazy. They're slutty. They're stupid. They're cr- nuts. Oh, oh yeah, all well. that stuff. And so I would argue that in in this paradigm that we're talking about, your your know it allness probably came across to most women you were with as. God damn it. He just knows, he just thinks he knows everything and tells me how I'm supposed to feel and blah, blah, blah. Exactly the way you're feeling about woke white women right now. Perhaps. (laughs) But let me say this about ex girlfriends being crazy. Of course they're fucking crazy. That's why they're exes. And you know what? What do you think I am to them now as their ex-boyfriend? That fucking crazy little you, fucking neurotic no. motherfucker. Oh, no. You were not crazy to them. You are that know-it-all little prick. I, Just like the misandrists and woke white women that you're so frustrated with is that they're just all they're doing is you're saying you've you little prick you've been a know-it-all you've been telling me how i'm supposed to feel you've been over talking me you've been telling me i'm a piece of shit it's one way or another for all of your life now we're going to turn the tables and do but i it's think do, just it's do, two wrongs not making a right that's what this well, is okay what it is it's a double standard yeah. It's a complete double standard. Okay. So we accept lots of double standards in the world. Okay. A perfect double standard. If if I walk if I walk into the casino 
and I start yelling the N-word, if I just walk up and I say, hey, nigga, this, hey, nigga, that, and I'm just telling everybody that kind of stuff, that's fucking, what the fuck? You're yeah. a, you can't say that. Yeah. If a black guy comes in and does it, it's totally fine. Is that a double standard? Absolutely. Is it a double standard that has been earned? Absolutely. Is it a double standard that I should just shut the fuck up and take? Absolutely. Same thing with your wife basically saying, here, I'm going to tell you about my camp story and her bringing it into privilege and that time you made that comment about this thing and aren't you a piece of shit? It's her time to tell you that. It's her time to do it. But that doesn't bring us any closer to equity or good. It only because this thing, it only comes closer to equity or good if we, and I now speak for all men, because I speak for all men, sure. Sure. We, if we can understand that we have been a part of a system that has done some wrong. And that while we didn't maybe maybe we didn't personally perpetuate that stuff. It is about gratitude and about graciousness for us to say, okay, we kind of deserve this. Maybe we definitely deserve some of it. And this is okay. It only becomes equitable if we can suck it up and say, all right, this is exactly what I said. This is their time to fuck things up. And it has to be us. I mean, to me, it's always that be the bigger man kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Women have been the bigger man for generations. But now they're it's, not. Now they've had a chance well, to be the bigger man and, and they're stepping and, down and being the little and, man. And, well, and so it's our job then to be the bigger man in this situation. It's our job to, is to say, I understand why you're angry. It's just, it's this cyclical. I may not, I may not agree with why you're angry. The thing about it is, I, you know how I feel. I think yeah. the whole concept of, of you know, it's like, and I've thought this was always like the, the, a lot of probably, I don't even know, I don't have an age, younger, yeah. younger women, all of a sudden behaving like fucking frat, frat bros, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? And, and just sort of like. It's like, yeah, I don't think that's the best approach. However, we all did it. So what the fuck? If I went out, that doesn't if make I, it right. I, if well, we atone make, for what we've done, I feel for any time that I was oh, a know it all, I feel bad. So like, I was wrong atone- and I am sorry. So, so what can we do to atone- make it better? When have you atoned Every- for being a know it all and telling your wife how she's supposed to feel? And if I've been called out on it and I didn't notice it, I would apologize on the spot. If, but if you were not called out on it, when do you have to atone for that? And perhaps my argument would be that the atonement is that you have to put up with woke white women telling you what a piece of shit you are. Maybe that's a part of your atonement. Because it's not Harvey Weinstein. You didn't rape anybody, so you don't go to prison. It's not a crime. You were just sort of an overbearing asshole. Maybe the atoning for being an overbearing asshole is to put up with someone else being an overbearing asshole in exactly the same way you were. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. It just seems like a lot of two wrongs trying to make a right and it's not going to. And it's, it's okay, now it's it's their turn to not have respect for us. Yeah. Like we didn't have respect for them. And it's just Was nobody, because res- I don't believe that there's any respect for me in my house for my wife. <laughs> A lot of the times there is, and this is a fight we have. And then when I tell her how I feel about that, she laughs at me like, you silly fool. And it's like, that's exactly my point. And that's what you did to her. And that's what you've done to all your girlfriends. I never did that to her. I never felt, no, if they felt disrespected, dude, you tell me the story about how you put her off. You constantly put her off. You were not going to be a serious couple. And then what, what absolutely convinced you David Himmel, that there was a possibility was that you had made it very clear, I'm writing, leave me the fuck alone. So she brought tacos and left them on your goddamn doorstep. And you were like, what? That was her sucking it up. I mean, it was a kind gesture, but it was really because she knew that if she was any more direct, like a normal, like a man would be, that you would dismiss her. That is what you're paying for right now. And you have to suck it up. If the two wrongs don't make a right, we do get to make it right. We live in we a world are, of, of cyclical disrespect of one another. Well, that's it. Sure. But that's the thing so, is, take what, the disrespect and you respect her back and let her have her time. Let woke white women be assholes right now because it's okay that they're assholes because you know what? 
maybe it's time to let them, I mean, not even like we give them permission. It's really just about us capitulating and saying, you know what? You're going to be an asshole to me and I'm not going to take it personally. I mean, that's kind of, I've said this to her and I've said this to other people too. Like, I'm just, I'm fine with it. Like, if you want to, I've come to terms that you don't like me, you don't respect, it's fine. But it just, let's See, just keep the peace. This is, this is, okay. And I'm just going to tell you, this is not, this is not the same thing. Cause I dated a woman and lived with a woman for four years off and on. Yeah. Who, at the end of things, when I, when I finally, like, I can't be, I said, I said, Alice, you don't even like me. <laughs> and, and her answer was, I like you. I don't respect you. And I was like, all right, I'm out. That, I mean, it was like, that was That's perfect. It. I lived through that. And she said it directly to my face. Your wife does like you. They are, yes, yeah, she does. She loves you. She had a kid. Love with is you. different than like. Maybe she doesn't like certain things about you. Dana doesn't like certain things about me. But that's, I mean, quite frankly, that's a relationship. I mean, Joe James and I have been friends. Yeah. Joe James and I have been friends for almost 30, 30 years, years now. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for a fact there are plenty of things about me that Joe is maybe a little embarrassed by. You know, it's like, you know, I mean, like, he's like, you sure. know, he's in Chicago and I, apparently, apparently I am still, you know, reviled by some segment of Chicago, which I think is hysterical. It is I've hysterical. Been gone a year. Yeah. I've been gone a year. What the fuck? I have no influence on them whatsoever. It's like, ah, Don Hall. It's like, who gives a shit? I'm, I don't even live there anymore. Still. I'm, I'm certain. I mean, it was like a, like Roberto, Roberto Miles put yeah. on there. I, saw, I love I you love no matter what anybody says. Yeah, I, like, I don't care who knows it or something like that. Yeah, yeah it was like, it's like, uh, yeah, whatever. But I'm sure, Joe, there are plenty of things about me that Joe doesn't like. But but you don't have to live still with him every day. But, well, and that's the hard part friends. is that we hate the people or, dis, or disrespect or have no respect for or dislike the people that we love the most. Katie has respect for you. The fuck is wrong you. with us? Katie likes you. There are things about your behavior she finds really fucking annoying. I get that. I understand that. That's all. But the conversation about it, like, all right, well, here's something I don't like about you. Let's talk, let's work through this. And here's a story. Tell the story. Just today, we were taking on our Christmas tree, and she's starting to clean the house up a bit, and I've got some Lego toys that are like up on the bookshelf, and she goes, can I get rid of these? And I said, I'm, I kind of want to keep them. We can like save them, and like Harry can play with them when he's a little older, or like I'll take them to work. Or and they're just stupid little fucking Lego toys. Like I don't really care about them, but- Yeah, they're yours. And, yeah. And she's like, I just hate them. I hate them. And I go, all right, well, I'll get rid of the Lego toys if you get rid of the Google- uh, Google Home because she's got a Google Home speaker. The microphone is off, but I still hate that fucking speaker. She knows it. She doesn't care. She's going to use it because she doesn't like setting up the Bluetooth and then having to like leave her phone because if she takes her phone with her out of the room, it loses the Bluetooth connection. It's, but I, I just, and I know that the iPhone is listening. I know my computer's listening. I just don't like Google. I, I get my contradiction. I understand that. My hypocrisy there. I get it. But just something about Google being in my house just fucking pisses me off because it's fucking Google. She knows how I feel about it. She doesn't care. She keeps it plugged in and I go, all right, fine. It's just going to be one of those things. So I said to her, you can chuck all the Legos if we chuck the Google Home. And she goes, I don't want to do that. And I go, well, then we're keeping the Legos. And she takes them and brushes them all into a plastic bag and says, I'm throwing them away. And that was that because i went well fuck this shit i'm not engaging with that kind of fucking attitude what the fuck david i guess that's because i was because david because and then this is what i'll say and this is it's the woke white woman she's right what you're a 10 year old child because the thing about it is if she says, I really kind of hate that you have these Lego toys. Can we get rid of them? And you just admitted, you don't really give a shit about them. 
You don't, you don't really care about these toys. Throwing these toys away. No, hold on. You don't give a shit about the toys. So it was not about the toys because as soon as she says, I want to get rid of them, you decide you're going to get one back at her. That's like, that's like fucking sixth grade. Well, okay, fine. I'll throw my stuff away if you throw one of yours away because equity. it's a power. St- no, equity. That's, that's not about equity. That's about power struggle. That was is a that power not what struggle. Equality is equality is a power struggle. Equity no, it's is not. a power struggle. No, 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 no. That's because not if you what don't have equity, equity, then somebody has more power than somebody else. It's, it's not constantly about power. a power struggle. It, again, it's not about power. Equity is not about power. Equity about is about evening, evening a playing field to create uh, more fairness. It's about fairness. And to really do that, people have to reduce their level of power. They have to lo- reduce their level of privilege, but. Here's the no, thing. No, it's not privilege. Okay, There's so no you privilege had, here. It's power. You had well, I mean, that's what equity is. Equity ultimately is about privilege. It's about it's about ability. It's about uh, kind of evening the playing playing field for for everybody, specifically those who have been either intentionally disadvantaged or born into disadvantage. That's what equity is. But isn't I got that? A, I got what? a big piece coming. I got a big piece coming out about equity and equality. I've been reading about it. Trust me, that's not equ- equity. Is not about power. Equity is about fairness and justice. That's what equity is about. Anyway, fairness. Going back. Fine. Let's going, talk about fairness. Good. Okay, but here's the thing. You just admitted the Lego toys didn't mean anything to you. You didn't care. You could take them anywhere. So the question that I'm asking you is, when she says, "Can," and she didn't go, she didn't walk up and just throw them away. She didn't take them and smash them with her fist. She didn't take them and stuff them up your ass while you were asleep. What she did was she said, can we get rid of these? Because I kind of hate them. And instead of you going... As an adult, 40-year-old man, instead of you going, I don't really care about this. In fact, I don't care enough about these Legos to even start a fight. Instead of doing that, going, yeah, this is a small potatoes thing. And if it makes her, you know, all right, she kind of hates them and I don't really like them. Let's get rid of them. I don't give a shit. Instead of that, you went, this is about power. Well, fine, I'll get rid of my Legos, but you get rid of a thing I don't like. And then she was like, no, fuck you. I'm throwing your goddamn Legos out. And you know what? She should. There are things that's called being a good partner. Know the battles that are worth fighting. And if you really think the fucking Legos are worth fighting for, you're missing the point because it ain't the fucking Legos you're fighting It ain't the Legos. It's... It's power. Going, it's but it's going back to this Google Home thing. No, I don't it has want nothing. It, it does. It has, no, it does. No, it and has I used nothing that as to do with the Google. No, no. Talk about that exactly. Again. And I knew nothing I to the point. It has nothing to do with the Google speaker. It has to do with your your male perspective of. Oh fuck! I my do, male perspective. No, it's not, no, this me is being true. a male has nothing to do with it. No, it does. Actually, it does. Me being a spouse has everything to no, do with it. It's you're used to getting your way. I never get my fucking way. Well, not anymore. You're married. That's how it works. That's, and what? It's not about getting your way. Who gets it's their way in a marriage? Sh- it, that's what I'm saying. And Does so anybody? You tried, you, yeah, you tried to get, you, you go back and forth. That's the fun of marriage is what sometimes. Fucking, you, that's insane. Sometimes Nobody's get, ever happy. You, no, David, <laughs> you're happy if you can cede the point and lose some fights because it's better to lose some fights than it is to always try to win. And if both of you are doing that at different times, then you have an equitable marriage. There are things that Dana and I fight about. We really don't actually fight about it, but there are things that, you know, it's like issues. Some of them I'm like, you know what? Is this this thing that she's frustrated with me, is it really worth me, like, stomping down putting my fucking you know digging my heels in and no if i don't give a sh- if, if ultimately my only issue is about the power dynamic like give i don't give a shit I, I didn't care about that thing this is not about that thing this is about us sharing space in an equitable way and so far in and, and that's things i can look at dana so far in her life the relationships she's had have not been equitable. She's been 
in that traditional, she's been the woman. So she gets talked down to, she's been told what to do. She has been physically intimidated uh, by, I don't want to be with, I, I wouldn't want her to be with someone like that. So I can't be that way. So when she, you know, do I get frustrated that sometimes I over talk her and she just gets pissed? Yeah. But sometimes she over talks me. And I have to make a choice if I'm going to let that piss me off or if I'm going to go, what? You know what? I do that to her a lot. So when she overtalks me, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to just listen. I do that. I'm just going to shut the fuck up and listen. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is, so this is not about the the fucking Legos or the Google Home. This is about, are you an adult male and can you handle, because that's the thing. We're dudes. We pride ourselves on being able to take the adversity. Let me pose this question to you. Bring the question. Oh, because you're getting frustrated. You're not liking where this is going. No, I, it's fine. I mean, you're, you've got good points, and I'm I'm open and willing to listen. And I'm not perfect. I'm willing to listen more about how I'm not perfect, but I'm also excited to hear it from a different person Sure. that isn't my wife. And you also say it in a much nicer way. Well, I like you and right. respect you. That's exactly my point. <laughs> You know what? Fuck this shit. Let's take a quick break. I'm done talking about this shit. We'll be right back. Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is a hurricane heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week, we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it, whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before, and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. So Ricky Gervais. Love him. He's a fucking, he's an okay. American and British treasure. The thing I think is funny, and, and Vincent Truman was kind of pointing out, is like, oh, well, yeah, he said all that stuff at the uh, the Golden Globes, but now the QAnon and all the fucking Fox News and all the right-wing fucking mouth-breathing moron retards, they're the big fans of Ricky Gervais now, so that might be a problem. Because they're idiots. Was, well, my, and my, problem, my response to that was, you know, I'm pretty sure that Keanu Reeves with John Wick movies uh-huh. has a bunch of fucking gun nuts that just think he's the fucking baddest ass and baddest. That didn't mean I don't, I can't, I think he's brilliant and wonderful. I think he's a great guy. And there you go. I don't and, give a shit who likes him. And here's the other thing. The John Wick movies, a lot of fucking fun. Yeah. Also, I don't think that we need to have AK-47s in every single house or AR-15s in every single I'm I'm all for gun control. Yeah. Because John Wick is a pretend movie. Yeah, exactly. That's not and how most, guns really and, work. And, and, and let's also be honest. <laughs> um, most people, even the most advanced people with guns... Mm-hmm shoot much more like stormtroopers than they do John Wick. Yeah. They miss way more than they get. Right. But yeah, the Ricky Gervais thing, if if the, yeah. if the, I loved what he said where he's like, I'm, and I'm very loosely, poorly paraphrasing here, uh, that he's not a conservative. He is a liberal. What he doesn't yeah. like is when the Hollywood elite, the Hollywood liberals are wearing their liberalism like it's a badge. Look at me, look at well, how great I am. And that's the problem I have with... He doesn't like, he doesn't like performative liberalism like anybody else. What What is, what, that was one of the things I thought was fascinating about the sort of the blowback is if you look at sort of the, the concept of the Shakespearean fool. Yeah. And there really, there are two kinds of Shakespearean fools, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one is just comic relief. Yeah. The other is the truth sayer, the person, you know, that person who risks life and limb because he's on the shit end of the stick with the king, but he's the one that tells the king the fucking truth. You're not wearing and, any clothes, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and what I loved about and and, and the thing about it is it's not just uh this I think it's hysterical that that he's been doing this same shtick. He's been saying this very same shit 5 years in a row. And everybody thought it was wonderful. Some people got pissed off about it. And yet this year, because we are in the height of Trump anxiety. You're talking about the five five Golden Globes he's hosted? 
Yeah, he's. A, I they watched, weren't. They weren't in a row. They were broken up a bit. Well, yeah, but, but I watched. That's, that's the thing is, as soon as I saw that, I thought it was brilliant, and I yeah. loved it. The only thing that made me sad was he seemed really angry the whole time. He wasn't having as much impish fun as he usually yeah. has. Yeah, and I think that changed the tone a little bit. But if you go back, I went back and watched every one of his monologues and some of the interstitial comments he made, and he was doing that from the very beginning. Yeah. He's always done the same shtick. It's he always makes fun of NBC the same way. Mm-hmm. He always makes fun of the Golden Globes that it's a waste of fucking time and it's too long. Yep. And he always takes the piss out of Hollywood. That's what he does. And why and else they would they hire him? Back. They know what they're getting into. If they, they want, if exactly. they want Billy Crystal, hire Billy Crystal. And then, you know? and then this year, it because he really said, "Hey guys, you are not in any position to lecture the public. Shut the fuck up and just yeah. take your stupid ass award and yeah. get off the stage." Oh, my sweet Jesus Christ. Everybody just shit their pants. And I think it's fascinating that this is the same group of people, the woke, yeah. the sa- Hollywood elite, the same group of people that thought Michelle Wolf's takedown of the fucking White House was the goddamn funniest thing ever. And she was just every bit as shitty and mean-spirited and got, went right for the jugular. It's just that she went for the jugular of people we don't like. Right. Rather than us, yeah, and and so you know, I mean, I I I just think uh, Ricky Gervais is one of my favorite. I love Ricky I love Gervais, him. and and the, part of the reason I love him is that he really, you know, it's like he and uh, he and uh, oh, who's this? Uh, Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Yep. They they started as writing partners in 1997, right? And they were just a couple of comedians, just you know, just like anybody else, just kind of doing their thing. And then they created The Office, and it catapulted them because it was so bizarre and so unique and so much fun. And what was so funny about it was that Ricky Gervais created one of the most unlikable characters, the one of the most awkwardly sexist, racist, like just, he created a character that it is almost impossible to want to hang out with yeah. and and still made it funny. And, you know, if you watch the BBC office, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, he's funny in the awkward way, but it's really just, he says these things and does these things. And then you have this whole cast of people who are basically normals yeah, and they have to put up with it. And that's what makes it funny. Right. Because it's not, I mean, if you really watch, especially in, in light of the, the Steve Carell office, mm-hmm. Steve Carell office is goofy. It's playful. It's funny. The fucking BBC office with Ricky Gervais is it's absolutely yeah. it's agonizingly painful. The stuff because because he goes what it's like. I guess the example would be Steve Carell if he were doing a scene where he didn't want to date a fat woman. Yeah, he would make a he would make a fat joke and then immediately apologize and then the office you know the 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 script would have him looking like a you know he'd do something that paid you know basically he would get punished for his statement right. Ricky Gervais' office, he does want to date a fat woman. He tells her, and then he tells her. And then, he, and at no point does he apologize. He never. There's never a self awareness of that character where he actually realizes what an asshole he's being. He just keeps going until you, as a viewer, are just like, "Oh my, just yeah. shut the fuck up!" Oh my god, that is a character. He's like he Larry created. David. He's Kirby enthusiasm. It's yeah, like he just ah uh, uh, yeah, but it's funny. Yeah, just and agonizingly you painful like and still him. funny. And so he's created that and that is, and I and I would argue since that was the first sort of popular character there's probably a lot more of David Brent in him than 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 you know than any other character he plays because yeah. most of the characters he plays are basically kind of like that kind of yeah. uncomfortable extras I mean kind of an uncomfortable guy you know afterlife and, is yeah, yeah yeah you know he's funny but he's really pathetic mm-hmm. and that's something I think is uh you know so I think he is uniquely uh, in in a perfect position. Yeah. I mean, it's like he said. Like he said, just like the the bird box joke. Did you hear that? No. He introduces Sandra Bullock, and he says he gets up. This is in one of the the intros, and basically <laughs> the gist of it. I, I'll yeah. paraphrase it, but the gist is this is uh, Sandra Bullock. She starred in Netflix Bird Box, which is a movie about people wandering around pretending not to see things. <laughs> which is sort of like working for Harvey Weinstein. And everybody starts doing the boo, and he goes, I didn't do it. That was you. You yeah. did it. Yeah. 
he's in a position to be able to do that because he never worked for Harvey, Harvey Weinstein. Right. He was never even in a room with Harvey Weinstein, except for the year before, two years before when he hosted, he made a joke about buying a Golden Globe and it was directed right at Harvey Weinstein. And so that's weird. It's interesting if you watch the thing is he makes the Felicity Huffman uh, yeah. uh, joke. Two, two or three years before, the first presenter was Felicity Huffman. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. he's... He's the outsider that gets to make commentary about all these people that he yeah. watches because he is Lear's fool. He's yeah. a Shakespearean fool. He's yeah. perfect. Well, and I, I love the the joke about that if ISIS started a streaming service, you'd all call your agents. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's not wrong. No. Yeah. I, You're all just, working I, for Disney. You're all working for, yeah, shit, we're all fucking, that's one of, I, my, one of my six things, I think it was last week last week's episode was watch the good place um and one of the things that happens later on in the seasons is they realize that you can't nobody's been into heaven in 500 years because the world gets more complicated and you can't be good because even if you try and buy a tomato just a fucking tomato at the store this is the example they use you're doing a bad thing because that tomato had pesticides which hurts the environment and then the big company that makes the pesticides that hurts people that causes can't there's this domino effect of terrible things just trying to do the most simple basic thing makes you a bad person because we can't escape it like we're all culpable even in our best efforts you know how do you get around it and well and the way gervais gets around it is that he stopped he's not apologizing for it right He's just like, you know, I am, yeah. I, I hate jogging, I hate children, I'm an atheist, fuck you, I don't care. And we all feel that way on some level, but we have to pretend because there's a performative thing that he just rails against, and I think that's part of the funny things. I loved it. I wish that I could still do that, and I think that... Um, being, I try to do that on a well, daily basis. Yeah, I try, I was able to do I'm it a lot... I'm not as funny, but... <laughs> ...more when I was younger... Before I I was married, before like that's why I liked being single because I didn't have anybody that I could hurt. You know, I didn't have anybody that, that I had to answer to or explain the joke to or that would be embarrassed by. You know, if they disagreed with it or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't have a kid now. Like now I've got a kid, and one day he might be like, "Oh my God, what did my father say?" Now I hope that I never have a Bill Cosby moment with my. You know, like that I've not done anything so terrible yeah. that my kid is like. Oh God. But yeah, you know, like I have these, these connections and these accountabilities to it. And I guess I could just go, well, fuck them. They, Katie knows what she got into. I don't know. It's just, it's harder when you're attached to it. And Gervais remains an outsider to Hollywood and is free of those, of, of that kind of bondage. No, I mean, he, but I mean, I, I, I can see that. And the thing is, that, and I guess that is, again, it's part of a relationship is that, you know, I'm I'm I can be a big asshole. I can and Dana disagrees with me. Yeah, but I don't I don't. But, but I think one of the things that she I hope one of the things that she appreciates about me is that I am going to just say what I'm going to say and I am going to do what I'm going to do. Yeah, and and you know, and if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. Right. You know, and she will tell me when I'm wrong. You know, and that's how it works. And so you asked me I, earlier when yeah. I've atoned for my sins or for what I've done wrong. Yeah. So. And I, I apologize to our our Ku Klux Klan um, member listeners here, um, but as a Jew, when I was like the one thing that I still hold on to because I consider myself a non denominational recovering Jew yes. is Yom Kippur is a Day of Atonement, right? And that one day, like, there's something about that. And there's a couple passages that I mark in my little High Holidays book here. Who among us is righteous enough to say, "I have not sinned"? We are arrogant. Brutal, careless, destructive, egocentric, false, greedy, heartless, insolent, and joyless. Our sins are an alphabet of woe. I love that. That's good writing. That's pretty right good. There. And it's and it's true. And it is. And I I am smart enough to know that I'm just as stupid as everybody else. And uh I want to know my mistakes. Call me out on it, and I will do my best to correct to course correct. And it just, it drives me fucking nuts when there's people out there that that will call me on my bullshit, but will not accept the phone call when bullshit is calling them or when I'm calling them on their bullshit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Gervais is facing right now with Hollywood gets up and they do their 
fucking thing. And right on, do it. Call the bullshit app. Right on. Good, good for you. You have a platform. Fucking use it. But don't get bent out of shape when somebody, when somebody calls, calls you, you on yours. Because guess what, fuckers? You're just as culpable as everybody else. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. My first thing is read some Betty Friedan. Oh, that's a good idea. She's a good feminist. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure to read more of it. Brush up a little bit. They brush up on some Betty Friedan. Yeah. Uh, my first one is a listen. I want you to listen to Clockwork Angels, which is Rush's final studio album, because Neil Perth just passed on. And I think that's probably as good as anything as, I mean, you can listen to all of Rush, but if you don't have time to listen to all of Rush, download Clockwork Angels, buy it. And, and listen to it because the guy was brilliant and that's a nice way of sort of saying, yeah, this was a giant of music. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's, yeah, that's my first. Two drummers, because uh, didn't Ginger, uh, well, what's his, I'm totally blanking on his name. Ginger. Apparently he just, was pretty important. Oh God. He, uh, well, anyway, he died a couple months ago. Another like big drummer legend I and not big enough that I can remember his name right now exactly there you go that's terrible um, so funny enough my second thing was also listen to a Rush album but mine was 2112 okay which is the address of my house which is how Dana always remembered where I live because I live at 2112 uh, and I'm not going to give the street because I don't want the woke white women coming to my house and beating me up yeah yeah because they'll take you down yeah uh, my, my second thing is a read it's a read. It is in the New York Times. And this is actually March of 2019. So this is last oh, a year. year ago. Yeah. Okay. And it is called Ricky Gervais on provocation, picking targets and outrage. And the only reason I, first of all, it's a really good article. But the second thing is there's a lot of quotes from Ricky Gervais. And it's very interesting to me that he knew exactly what was going to happen at this 2020 he knew exactly what was going to happen because this is what he does. So it's not like anything caught him off guard or he, you know, so I just think that yeah. it's a really good article. Yeah. Um, so my, my last thing is a inspirational thing. Um, stop being so certain. Just, you don't know anything. We don't know what history is going to reveal. We don't know how it's going to turn out. You don't know anything. I don't, or you don't know everything. I don't know everything. Shut up, listen more, and then fucking talk. All right. That's it. And mine is watch Ricky Gervais' Humanity, which is his yeah. comedy special, yeah. 2018. It's on Netflix. I mean, his That's whole great. his whole shtick about why he doesn't have kids is maybe one of the funniest things I've ever heard. Yeah. It's just it's just it's just hands down brilliant and funny and uh, and this whole that's one of the thing I love about this whole Golden Globe thing is it it completely made me suddenly laser in on what I love about Ricky Gervais and kind of catch up yeah and that's uh, that's been a lot of fun and that's the show that's the show thank you for listening um, please go on to Apple uh, podcasts and rate us and review us and stroke our nuts or whatever you do tell three friends about us. Yeah, tell three friends about us. Enjoy your days. Read Literate Ape. And and hu hug someone and, you love. Yeah, let David know that you, you both like and respect him. <laughs> Please. You can listen to the Literate Ape cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast, Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>